Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm DM Neil, aka Joke Maniac, and with me today is none other than the amazing JM Perkins, author, game designer, and guy who is guy with around. a beard. Yeah, guy with a beard. Part of the beard force. I was the beard of power. Yes. <gasps> yes, because I was wisdom. Mm-hmm. Power, wisdom. What's the third one? I think it's beard of sass. <laughs> Oh, man, would that have changed the Zelda games? <laughs> the Triforce of Sass. Fundamentally changed them. <laughs> All right, with that with that tweak out of the way, we are going to tie back to episode number 76, Divine Spotlight 5, Farlang? Is that how I would say it? Yes. Yes. Garl Glittergold and the custom god share a rye. And there was no guest from this episode, but that's okay, because I have a wonderful co-host not guest with me now. So for the DMnastics, though, it is number 63, Gods Among Us 4, because sometimes I can't come up with a creative name, so I started a series. <laughs> now all I have to do is just remember what number I'm on. And for this one, I decided to try something a little bit different in that presenting the idea of taking a deity from our old... Diamnastics 23 Pantheon Builder and having the forum users use that deity and figure out how they would interact with a character doing a divination spell. Essentially something that we all have to face and I feel like, I know personally I do this sometimes is get real hand wavy and just use the mechanical option for divination spells, but it is such a great opportunity to have a lot of RP from both sides of the screen as well as give more insight into your world and your pantheon. Right, and I think that this is a perfect opportunity for players to step up and do a lot of the descriptions and a lot of suggestions on how stuff might work. Because it's kind of baked into a lot of this magic that you have a lot of options for uh, what material you're using for a lot of divination spells. And for me as a GM, that's something that always makes me have a little bit more fun when my players are really getting into the description end. So as we do, we're going to go ahead and highlight some of the ones from the forum and then, of course, come up with some of our own. And I know J.M. Perkins here went ahead and brought some great ideas to the table or the gym, the weight bench. Who knows? There's a table in the gym. Yep, true. Yeah. It's got offers to, um, you know, do CrossFit. Yeah. I mean, where are we going to make our protein shakes? (laughs) Exactly. Cool. So what was your choice from the forums? My choice was via DM Genesect. And so here is what DM Genesect wrote. Desmond, a human wizard in worship of Ardexus, utters a quick prayer to his god before uttering a string of incantations and formulae. With the completion of the spell, his vision becomes overlaid with translucent green numbers and symbols. Raising his crossbow, his vision narrows. In his peripherals, he sees a stream of numerical analysis. He doesn't just see the mark as it is, but as it will be when the bolt lands, the path of the arrow. Thanking God for the aid, he lines the shot and pulls the trigger. So I really like this one. He didn't actually mention what spell this was, but I assume this is True Strike. And I think this is actually a really good description of how True Strike would look. And I got to give him credit for taking the time to give a nice coat of polish and paint to a cantrip, which I think are undervalued. And I can often just be kind of hand waved like, oh, I cast the cantrip when really you can do very cool things. And it's nice to be reminded that this is a magical act that would probably look really, really neat. I love the description that essentially sounds like he's tapping into the fantasy matrix. I think that, that that's fantastic. Totally. And it gives a really, like you said, it gives a really good visual. 
Well, yeah, I imagine it a lot like the uh, the Sherlock vision, where it's like a bunch uh, of math. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, as an aside, can I say, I, as a parent, I haven't seen many movies, but I did see Doctor Strange. And if mm. you ever wondered what somatic components look like, go see that movie. Yes. I had not thought of that. And yeah, I feel like a lot gets hand-waved in, well, it made it, I didn't mean to make a pun there. You had said somatic <laughs> components, and then I said hand-wave when we're talking about magic. But uh, I feel like a lot gets hand-waved in the process of magic. And we forget how intensive it is on the person that's doing it. Those verbal, those somatic, the material components, they're a big deal. And that's how the system is set up. And giving more flavor to those is an easy way to make your player more immersed. Very much so. And I think that it's easy to hand wave those away because you don't want to cripple a character. But plugging into how that looks, how that feels, adds a lot of richness, uh, versatility, and potentially great story hooks into your game. Yes. So for mine, I chose the one from Whipstash, and I will try and say this name, and I will say it as Indoje Wabhi found her peace in the Leoan Monastery. Though not herself a monk, the monks taught her that the death of her partner carrying their child was necessary to maintain the balance of the universe, which we are already on a somber path, but spinning like a child's toy top, even the smallest imbalances can send all of existence careening out of control. Once she accepted this, she opened herself to the teachings of Lao Yu and became a traveling cleric. And through that, Lao Yu has granted her the power to invoke their name for a time, seeing things as they truly are, and to grant others this ability as well. The ability to see into the ethereal plane in particular helps Indoje in her commitment to maintaining balance around her. So, another cool way to do true sight. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It, it threw me off because I was like, true. I almost said true strike, and I'm like, that's not right. This is true sight. <laughs> Although I have to say, Nowadays, I can't think of True Sight working like anything other than the Ice King from Adventure Size, Stanky Old Wizard Eyes. <gasps> well, I mean, <laughs> that's how it has to be now. Yeah, exactly. Everyone, make it so that that happens at your table, please. Thank you. <laughs> if, you don't, if you're not familiar, you can just do a YouTube search for Ice King, Stanky Old Wizard Eyes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and that will I, be I'm, permanently I'm... in your search history, as it should be. <laughs> as it should be. All right, so we got to talk about something we liked. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say about your pick? I think both the ones we chose are great examples of spells that I think get hand-waved more than some of the other ones. Because a right. lot of the di- divination spells are looking somewhere else, whereas yeah. these are just what's directly around you, and it's mechanical, and it's like, okay, you d- use True Sight, you see this invisible guy. Oh, right. you use True Strike, you hit. Right. And I think these are both great examples of that additional flavor and RP that we were talking about earlier. Right. And I think that what this all has, you know, especially if you're a cleric, how your magic looks, if not mechanically function, is very much related to the nature of your god and the nature of your relationship with that god. And even if you're a wizard or sorcerer, I think there's a great way to communicate some of the unique things about your character in how how magic looks and works for them. Yeah, and it's definitely a, a place that is easily made your own mm-hmm. because, again, as long as that mechanical functionality is the end product and everyone right. gets to do that, theoretically, everyone could get there with a different means of transportation, if you will. I'm just going to say to any GMs or DMs listening out there, if a player wants to reskin something to make it look cooler to them, I say... 99 out of 100 times go for it and players if you have a reskin idea that's not going to affect the mechanics 
suggest it because I think it's almost always, I won't say always, I won't commit fully, but it's almost always a great <laughs> idea to customize them that way. Yeah. Reskinning. It's everyone's friend. <laughs> so we had already mentioned it before, but now it's time to kick in and lift the mental weights. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. And um, which of your great ideas do you want to talk about first? Well, I will start in the spirit of the uh, forum post with some from your Pantheon, an old post from 2015, which I loved and made me a little mad because some of these are such good ideas. I wish I had had them. (laughs) So I am going to tell the story of how Chuffy, and he has a very long last name, but you can't pronounce it because you're human. Uh, It's it's a gnome thing, but you can just call him Chuffy. How Chuffy casts divination. So here's what happens. Chuffy sits down and burns some intents, thinking about the gods Ren and Yak, who, of course, you know, are the lightning twins. They're gods of weather, lightning, chaos, and luck. Think of them as trickster twins that are kind of half-fused together. And as he burns some incense, he sees a lightning strike far off in the distance. And he knows he has about five seconds to ask his question via divination before he actually hears his answer in the voice of the thunder. So... If you really think about it, they knew what he was going to ask before he asked, but he still has mm-hmm. to get it in physically before the thunder answers him. That's awesome. I like it. Well, thank you. I like a lot of things you do. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. That was also one of the ones I had thought about doing, but luckily I, I didn't choose it because I love those. Yes. Yeah, they're pretty great. Well, it would actually be interesting if you had done it because then we could both, uh, unless you did divination and had the same idea, and then it looks like we're very uncreative. <laughs> True. So, no, I actually chose uh, the one from Tesla Ranger that was Nam the Great Witch, who is chaotic evil and the portfolio of death and destiny. And Nam's motives are shrouded in mystery. And I didn't come up with a name. Oh, man. Now I'm going to have to come up with a name. I know it's the hardest part. It is by far and away the hardest part. His name's Greg. Or, I'm sorry, Greg. It's got the apostrophe in there. Greg. Greg. Oh, and by the way, while you're looking that up, I should mention that, of course, Ren and Yak were created by Epic Fork poster of Rourke. Yes. Oh, that is also the person that created the Rotating Labyrinth. And if you don't know what that is, you need to know what that is. Um, You can listen to previous episodes of DMnastics where Morgan Jenkins and I gush profusely. So find that. I found a name that I can be happy with. So, Alsru, O-L-S-R-U-E, Alsru, is a roguish character who has taken a vow to follow the teachings of Nam the Great Witch. So they have done some time in the clergy of Nam, and they know that the best place to seek guidance and understanding from Nam is the most hidden place that they can be. And they are seeking great understanding and they've actually hidden themselves for over a week to better understand how to shroud themselves in mystery. And this is actually a character doing a level 20 divine intervention. And the idea that you can make, as long as there's downtime, you can make it take as much time as you want. So I like the idea of them like trying to essentially fake their own death to show their deity that they're willing to go that far to get better understanding and have them step in and help out. Nice. And so Alsru is no longer Alsru and everyone thinks that they're dead and gone. And Nam the Great Witch has convinced them of that. 
and now they can start a new life and further the cause of the great witch nice yes i I really like nam and i really like how you wove in their deal in with or i'm sorry her deal um i think her gender should also be shrouded in mystery Mm. like just up the mysteriousness so you don't even know if it's she or he and it could be like a point of contention well like with yeah the people no no that's not no like when i spoke to her and it's like spoke to him yeah. And have that exactly. be like a constant mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Constant point of contention between those that follow the great witch. Yep. Yep. But anyway, I liked how you wove her deal in with the magic and got that to reinforce what the character was doing. All right. I think you have something special for us to lift the mental weights. If yes. memory serves me well. Yeah. So as you, as you know, um, and as some of your listeners probably know, for a while now, I've been working on my setting, the City of Salt Moons, which we just had this Kickstarter. It's great. And I'm deep just doing that lots. And so I'm actually going to introduce one of the iconic characters I made for that setting. And now I have to commit to the name, which is Urin Silvervane. And Urin is a cleric of Massinfex, the god of butchers, that is almost unknown outside the city, but is a big deal inside the city. And how she casts Augury and Divination is she actually does a ceremonial butchering if she's doing it the normal way she actually has a specially treated paper doll that she mimes a dissection a butchering and when she finally undoes it if it's augury she gets the wheel woe answer based on the twist of its paper guts and if it's divination the small paper doll will actually speak to her but that's just the way she does it if she's following kind of the rules this is she can actually go a little bit further uh spend a little bit more money and actually the do a ceremony butchering of a properly prepared cow. It costs about twice the material. And of course, it's hard to do a field because she's had to bring a cow with her. <laughs> but if she does it that way, depending on the difficulty and how much she role plays, I would rule the GM that she gets a advantage on one role related to that spell. So it's based on what she was asking for the augury or the divination about. Um, oh, I like it. Alternately, if she doesn't have supplies, she can actually do this ceremonial butchering to an enemy corpse and okay. the only thing is that's not really mass and Fax's deal ultimately body is body butchery is butchery but he doesn't tend to do it to sentient beings so this is kind of the slapdash emergency way and if she does it that way that 25 percent random answer chance it starts on the first casting but she always has supplies for it because you know she's an adventurer and there's always corpses around and there's always a farm nearby i'm sure <laughs> well, if it's a cow, it can't just be any cow. It okay. has to be a specially raised and sanctified cow. Okay. Well, then, I guess I guess the uh, local peasants are safe. Yes. <laughs> from that, from that problem. I mean, there's obviously a myriad there's of many. other problems that they'll need to deal with, but that one they're they're good on. There's many other problems, and I like the image of if she butchers the cow when she's doing divination. The voice of the servant of Mass Effects is actually. Speaking through this dead mouth of a cow. It's like I'm playing Diablo. Very much so, but not evil. It looks really horrific because butchery is all about oh, me, yeah. whatever. But she's not evil. So I like that justification and that attention. I like it. So I came up with a great idea. Please. So in, or rather on, Diamnastic segment number 18, that is when Friar Took and I created the deity Zamu Logo. A chaotic deity that is all about nature, knowledge, travel, pathways. So like the god of forest roads. Pretty much. 
And that way, and that was kind of the idea behind it was that they were the one that set people on the road, if you will, to create the roads in the world of Dei Bay. And that is their mission is to connect people through those pathways. And I like the idea of the divining act to be just going and, nice. and forging your own path. It's chaotic good, so I almost want it to be more a little bit more lighthearted than some of the ones we've had. But kind right. of just like getting at a crossroads, spinning around a few times, and still with your eyes closed. And the, almost that that's the somatic component, is that you're spinning, and you're still using the divining words, and you just go. And then that is where you need to go. And I can't remember which divination spell that that would best tie to, but like that that's how you figure out where you need to go next, is just... Completely giving up to the idea that Zamu Logo will allow you the idea and the innate ability to travel exactly where you need to go. I like that. It kind of kind of feels like pin the tail on the donkey, but this time it'll always work. You'll always get the donkey on this one. Oh, very much so. Well, and you could do stuff like that for um, uh, divination if you had specific questions. Like, what if your question was, okay, in which district of the city is our enemy hiding? Mm-hmm. And you have a map of the city and you throw a dart. And that's your divination. Yes. Oh, I'm trying to think of like cool way that you could do almost like a divination room for Zamu logo. And you have like pathways and maps everywhere. And then you spin around and then you walk over and that's the one you needed. Right. I can see when you go in there and as you're doing the spell, there's a mini cyclone and all the papers and maps go all swirling about. And then one lands right in your face. It's like those like um, wind tunnels where you have to try and get all the money. Exactly. They're just flying around you and you're trying to grab the map you need. Perfect. <laughs> Except the zombie log- logo has really got your back. <laughs> You'll get the right one. You'll win. Yeah. I like it. Do we have any other ones that you could think of? I think four plus what's on the forum is great. That's true. If you need more ideas, by all means, check out the forum post because there's some really great ideas there. And besides, I mean, we lift to show the DMs out there in podcast land how it's done to inspire them. But really, they got to get to their own gym table, make that protein shake, start lifting themselves. And if people wanted to hear more of you lifting, where could they go to do that? Right now, I'm not publishing much because I am busy writing to fulfill for my Kickstarter the City of Saltmoor. You can find out more about this setting, what I'm up to, by either subscribing to my mailing list or on my website, J.M. Perkins, or by going to a search for Kickstarter for Saltmoor setting. And if people wanted to hear more from us or get in contact with us, you can always email us at dmnastics at gmail.com or follow us over on Twitter at dmnastics, all lowercase, all one word, and there you can always catch the amazing daily dmnastics. And for everything else on the network, you can always head over to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. But above all of that, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises and all of the other amazing conversations being had. Head over to dungeonmastersblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ever have to ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting, I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you.